Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Tonight's message is called The Lord's Walking Buddy. We'll get right into the title, The Lord's Walking Buddy, if you're taking notes. Who likes to go on walks with people? Do y'all have fun walking with people? Me too. I actually love it. Uh, growing up, my mom and I would walk around our neighborhood together, and it was so much fun. When the weather was nice, it felt good. You know, I loved it. And so anyways, this one day, uh, back in high school, my friend and I would work out together. I know you can tell. Thank you. Hold your applause. Body sculpt it. I said hold it, and you guys just unleashed it. That's incredible. <laughs> you guys are great. But... um. Yeah, so so we're working out, and he decides to try this new thing. I'm trying to think of what it's called. It's like cardio or something like that, or car- cardio, car- cardio. I think is what it's called. He's like, we're gonna start doing this new thing called cardio, and I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. What do you do? He's like, well, you just run. So like, that's not fun. So we compromised, and one day we went to Thomas Park. Shout out to the park, and we we're like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna jog a lap and then walk a lap, and then jog a lap, and then walk a lap. Because compromise is everything in a relationship. Compromise. So anyways, we jog the first lap, and we're like, yay, high fives, we did it. And then we start walking. Well, as we start walking, next thing we know, we end up just talking. And like, it didn't take long. We started talking about our families, started talking about our future, started talking about where we were you know, in life and everything going on, started talking about what we believe God promised for us. And as we're going around the track, I realized we haven't been jogging at all. And so I'm like, hey man, like, we haven't jogged yet. He's like, no, nah, it's cool. It's whatever. Let's just keep walking. And I, I kid you not, like, we may have walked for about an hour around that track. And, you know, I don't know how long it was or, or how much, how many laps we did, but what I do remember is how close we got, how we were already pretty good friends, but just by walking around that track with him and just talking to him, we got a lot closer that day. And matter of fact, we actually went on a few more walks since then, just like, hey, you want to go walk? And we, you know, talk about whatever. And so tonight, I want to share a verse with you. It's probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible, if not my ultimate favorite. It's in Genesis 3.8. Right at the beginning, you know, like you're in school and your teacher's like, hey, pick a paragraph out the book and write about it. You always pick the first two pages because you don't read the whole thing. That's kind of how this was. I'm just kidding. I read my Bible, I promise. <laughs> Genesis 3.8, it says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Let's stop right there real quick. I'll explain everything a little bit later. But let's picture this for a moment. The Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. To me, that's so poetic and so nice and relaxing. Like, have you ever been walking on a cool day before? How good that feels when the breeze is blowing. It's one of those perfect days, like Pastor Brady would make a Facebook post about it. That's how good this day was. And so as I read that, there's two things that always stick out to me. The first one is, like, God didn't seem to be in a rush at all. The Bible says he was walking. He wasn't running. He wasn't skipping. He wasn't power walking, you know, like you ever see me late to class. I was always like, my hips were flying. I'm like, (laughs) I'm just like busting it. And, you know, matter of fact, there's an Olympic team for power walking. Did you guys know that? So I've been training for a few years now and I will make that team. So Summer Olympics better watch out. But, you know, he wasn't doing anything like in a rush. He was just walking. And the second thing is how simple it is. Like, think about this. God made 
everything, like all of creation in six days. He makes all of it very complex, very intriguing and everything. And he's doing one of the simplest things ever, which is walking. It's just walking. Like that amazed me that he did all this stuff, created everything, and he's just walking in no rush in the cool of the day. But let's keep reading that scripture in in, uh, verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, for some of you, it might be a familiar story. This is the fall of man, and this is our reaction to when we sin or do something wrong. You know, when you do something wrong, the first thing you want to do is run away. Matter of fact, another quick story. Uh, I didn't have my notes here, but I thought it'd be funny. We were outside in front of my dad's house playing football, probably like 18 guys. So it's loud and it's there and it's about it. And I remember it might have been me, but I don't want to take the fall for it. So one of my friends, we were playing outside and my neighbors had a window. And I, it was you? It was Blake. Okay, confession. Blake did it. And so anyways, we were out and about and he threw it and it hit the window and it was loud. So you know what we did? We went and knocked on the neighbor's door and said, hey, that was us. No, we didn't do that. What we did is 18 guys ran inside my dad's house, and we acted like nothing happened. Because this is what you do when you do something you shouldn't have done. We like to hide. And so here we are in the Garden of Eden, and God puts the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and he says, you can eat from every tree, Adam and Eve. You can eat from any tree you want except for this one. And if not, you will surely die if you eat of it. And so just for time's sake, I'll just kind of cap the story. The devil comes around. He seduces Eve and she eats. And then Adam follows down the same path. So at this point, they hear God walking and they hide because they're shameful of being naked. Then they confess to what they did when when God calls them. We'll get to in a minute. And the curse of sin is brought to them and God banishes them from the garden. You know, in one of my Bibles around this time, towards the end of chapter 3, you know how like Bibles have like headings in them, how it says like kind of what's coming? Well, that Bible, I have so many Bibles, I'm just such a great Christian, you know, like four of them, shout out. Well, one of them said the heading, Paradise Lost. When When this scene plays out, it says Paradise Lost. And the word paradise means a state of perfect happiness. And so in the garden, everything was perfect. God looked at everything. He said, it is good. And it was perfect. You know why it was perfect? Because we were made to walk with God. Now, let me tell you something. You want purpose and meaning, you will not find it outside of God. You know what else I've noticed about the Bible? So in Genesis 1 and 2, it's paradise. Everything is perfect. Everything is going. Then in Genesis 3, when sin enters, from then on, from Genesis 3 all the way to the end of Revelations, the entire Bible tries to get back into paradise, tries to get back into walking with the Lord. So in the Old Testament, there's God's people, Israel, and they have to do all these sacrifices. They have to create these altars. They have to have a priest and have certain things, certain requirements just to connect with God, just to talk to God, just to hear from God. But praise him because in the New Testament and where we're at now in our lives, Jesus comes, dies on the cross, makes a way for us to get back in relationship with God. And so maybe you want to walk with God, but when Jesus came, he came on God's behalf. So what if I told you that God wants to walk with you, that he wants to walk with you? And here's why I say that. Genesis 3, 8, 8, verse 8 and 9, it says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to man, and he said to him, Where are you? Where are you? You know, I've convinced myself after reading that a lot and thinking about it a lot that it was a normal thing for the Lord to be walking in the garden, that that was normal. And I also believe that Adam walking with the Lord was a normal occurrence in the garden. And here's what I mean by that. Let me give you an example. You know, something I've realized in my life, nobody calls and asks where I'm at just for fun. Like, I'm never just hanging out and I get a phone call from my friends like, hey, what's up, man? And they're like, hey, Matt, where are you at? I'm like, oh, at my house. Okay, cool, man. Talk to you later. Like, nobody ever just does that. It'd be nice if they did. Maybe sure they cared about me, but not here nor there. But usually what? When someone asks, hey, where are you? It's because you're supposed to meet with them, right? So you're, you're okay, it's 7 o'clock. We're going to all meet up and hang out. And you take a nap at 2 and you don't wake up till 7.30 and your phone's blowing up with people calling you. They're calling, why? Because they want to know where you are because you're supposed to meet with them. They're calling because they want to know where you are so they can meet with you. And so here's the Lord expecting to meet with Adam and Adam isn't there. Adam is not there. And you know, to this day, he wants to meet with us and he calls out to us and we're not there and we're not there. But the good news is, is God doesn't give up on us. He keeps calling out to us. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, they had to leave paradise. They had to leave the garden. But now through Jesus, paradise can be restored for us. And look, I'm not saying that this life on earth is going to be easy, that things aren't going to go smoothly. I, I believe you will have difficulties, you will have pain, you will have problems. But when you walk with the Lord, you know, many people can test to this. There's hope. He provides peace. You have comfort. You have wisdom and everything that you need to get through things. Amen. I'm sure some of you, I know I experienced that before when I have different things that come up in my life and I see God come through for me. Whenever I need something, I, I go to him in prayer or read the word and he encourages me and equips me with something. And so I know for a fact that when we put him first and seek him, that he's there for us in the midst of our problems and our pains. Even when we think things are going wrong, he's still fighting for us. And so now I'm sure you're thinking, okay, you say walk with God, but how do I walk with God? How, what does that entail, walking with God? Now, I, I want to tell you, it's pretty basic. It hasn't really changed since day one, since even some of you may have grew up in church. The same kind of thing. It's making Jesus the Lord of your life. It's, it's confessing your sins and, and admitting that he's Lord of your life. It's reading the Bible and applying it to your life. It's praying and talking with the Lord. It's worshiping the Lord. It's those things. Because I, I wrote it down this way. It's not complicated because walking is simple. And when you take time to actually read and you take time to pray and you take time to worship, walking is not rushing. So walking is simple. These things are pretty simple for us to do, but it's also, we're not rushing. You know, you think about it this way, when someone's running and someone's jogging or whatever, it's very hard to have a conversation. 
Like you can't breathe, you can't talk when you're rushing and running and gunning. And in life, we do that all the time, right? We're always go, 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 get things done. And we don't have time to simply stop and talk with God. And maybe we do pull the Bible out, but we're like, okay, I got to read. What am I reading today? And you just, okay, cool. And I'm going to put this worship on my car. But while the worship's on your car, you're just, oh, I've got to go to work. Got to go to school. Like we are rushing and not really taking it in. And so, yeah, we check off the list of, hey, uh, I prayed. Hey, I read my Bible. Hey, I worship. But I didn't really get anything out of it. And, you know, this is a relationship with the Lord. You know, I got friends and family, and I don't just go up to my friends and say, hey, man, you got 15 minutes of my time. What you got? Right? That's not real friendship. That's not real relationship. You don't go to somebody and say, okay, I I got five minutes here. I'm just going to kind of talk to you for a little bit. No, what do you do? You make time for your friends. You make time for relationships that matter to you. And the Lord's no different. It's a relationship. And it's not about having a time constraint or an obligation. It's about just wanting to be with him. And, you know, you hear those things a lot, like, yeah, Matt, I know, read the Bible, okay, I know worship, I know pray, and all that stuff. You know, you hear this stuff all the time, but I want to change your perspective tonight. So how many of you want to hear from the Lord? How many of you want to hear? Well, what if I told you that it's the Lord that wants to speak to you? So you want to hear from Him, but He wants to talk to you. How many of you want to be used by God to be used to do something amazing? Yeah, what if I told you that, The Lord wants to use you. You see, so many times we kind of get caught up, you know, back to the hearing from God part. We get caught up in life and and we just kind of don't really read the Bible. We don't really pray. We don't really worship. And we're trying to say, man, God, you're not speaking to me. But it's like we haven't gone to the source. It's kind of like if I wrote you a letter and you go to someone else and say, man, I'm kind of mad. Like Matt hasn't talked to me in a while. And they're like, did you read the letter? And you say, no. Well, if you read the letter, you would hear what they have to say to you. And the Bible is the greatest love letter ever written to you, for you. God wrote it for you. And that's a letter that you can read and find hope and trust and security in and find wisdom and pretty much everything you need. How many times you've been in the Bible, uh, those of you in here that have been reading it for a few years, and you just go and read something, and it speaks to you that that instant, that day, whatever you're dealing with. Some of you have the app on your phone where it, it pops a scripture up. And you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, that's God speaking to you in your life. And it's him that wants to speak to you. It's him that wants to use you. You know, too many times I think we get religious, and we think it's us who started this. But in reality, God is the initiator. He's the one who started this. He's the one who sent things in motion. You see, the Lord created Adam, not vice versa. And he called out to Adam in Genesis 3.9, not vice versa. And he sent Jesus to die for us. You know, we didn't come and ask and request, uh, we need a Savior. He said, hey, you need a Savior? I'm going to provide it for you. Because we were even born back then. He already paid the price for us. You know, Romans 5, 8, it says, but, but God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So man, look at that. Even in the midst of our sinful ways, our sinful desires, he loved us and made a way for us. And he's continually calling out to us to walk with him. And I say this message from a place of where I've been in my life and seen things. You know, I remember I was in middle school 
and, and God saved me. I, I became a Christian. I understood what the gospel was. Jesus impacted my life in eighth grade. And then I get into high school and things are going pretty well until they weren't going well. And then my faith got wavered and I was unsure and sin came back into my life and things I used to deal with, like depression and anxiety, for example, that kept overcrowding me and just letting the enemy attack me and stuff like that. And I kind of wavered off the path of God. And then I remember that, man, he loves me. And I remember people reaching out to me and God was calling back to me saying, hey, I know you're in a place right now you shouldn't be. You went somewhere you shouldn't, but come back to me. You can walk with me again. I know you, sin is separating me from you, but I've paid a price so you can come back to me. And that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. You know, it says, 1 John four nineteen, we love him because he first loved us. And I always think about that. Man, like he loved us first. He initiated this first. How cool is it to feel loved by somebody? When you feel loved by somebody, you want to love them back. And that's what this does when we're in relationship with him. He loves us. Christ dies for us. And now we love him. And we love them. Like you're saying, we surrender to them. When you love somebody, you serve them and honor them. And, you know, I put it like this. The Lord is already there. He's arrived. And it's time for us to arrive and start walking with him in unbroken fellowship. And so let me say this, forget about how many chapters or how long to pray or how often you worship and just start somewhere and begin the walk. It's not about being a good Christian. It's not about being this perfect person or anything. It's about having a true, genuine relationship with the Lord. That's what this is about. You know, it's not to prove to anybody else. It's to prove to yourself to know that you are loved by him. You are called by him. He wants to use you. He's calling out to you. And that's the relationship you have. And if it's one chapter or five chapters, if it's five minutes or 20 minutes, make time and spend with him and don't rush. Don't rush. Just be with him. I think about, you know, people that I'm, I'm at work and they're at their job, but we're texting throughout the day. We're talking throughout the day. We're having phone calls. We go over for, for dinner, whatever it is. Treat God the same way because it's a relationship. Treat it the same way of, man, you know what? I didn't get to pray for 20 minutes this morning, but I'm on the way to work. Let me pause and pray and speak to the Lord and ask him to speak to me. You know, maybe you're at work or at school and there's some downtime. Man, open the Bible and just read and don't have, have to rush to say, okay, I got to get 10 chapters a day. No, just read and ask God to show you something. And I believe he will. It's relationship, you know, and, and to encourage you, here, here at church, we have tools and resources that can help you learn to develop those habits. You know, we can teach you how to read the Bible more effectively. We can teach you, you know, how to worship and how to pray and stuff. And you have great leaders in here even that can help disciple you and help you grow. But ultimately, it's about you choosing that relationship with the Lord. It comes down to, to knowing that God loves you and you surrender your life to him and you love him and you love him, you keep his commandments. That's what it comes down to. It's not about doing things right or meeting requirements. It's about being with the Lord. And I believe it's time to start walking. So as we close tonight, if you go ahead and stand with me. And there's kind of three categories I've written down. I've written down. So I want to do just an altar call. And, and, and real quick, an altar call is just, you know, sometimes people treat it as a big and fancy thing, or maybe it's a scary thing. But, but listen, an altar call is basically an outward symbolism, what's happening in your heart. And when someone prays with you, it's the ability just to confess to someone else and for God to use them to speak into your life as well. And so there's three 
kind of categories I, I have tonight is maybe the first, you've never had a relationship with God. Maybe you've never known the Lord. Maybe you say, yeah, I hear you say walk with the Lord, but I don't even know what that is. I never had that relationship. I want to tell you tonight that you can have that. That tonight's your chance to start walking with the Lord. Yeah, but you know what I did. You don't know what I've done. But the Lord knows, and He is willing and able to forgive us. You know, that song said earlier that you call us holy, you call us blameless. Is it blameless because we are blameless? Not necessarily, but because of His love and what Jesus did. He paid the price for us that we can be holy and blameless. You know, the second category I think about is, man, maybe it's some hidden sin. And maybe you're hiding amongst the trees with shame and guilt over sin. You know, maybe like Adam and Eve, you hid and you were walking with God and things were going well, but now sin is kind of entered back into your life and you're shameful and you're scared and you're afraid. But tonight God's calling out and he's saying, where are you? Where are you? I want to meet with you. I want to be with you. No amount of sin can separate me from you. Where are you? And tonight, I pray you come out of the woods, you come out of the trees and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. And can just confess and be honest what you did. He says, you confess our sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us. And the, and the third group is, you know, maybe things have been going pretty well, but you, you feel like you're going through the motions. Maybe you're just going through the motions of coming to church. Maybe just putting worship music on. So you've always done it. Maybe reading the Bible a certain way because you've always done it. You've never really you've lost that true relationship. You've lost that true feeling of just being with God and loving to be with Him because He loves you. And tonight, I just want you to admit that as well, saying, Lord, I have been religious. I have been going through the motions. But tonight, I want to start fresh, a fresh walk with you to know that I want to know you. I want to hear from you. I want you to, to, do, to use me to do things because I know that's what you want in my life. And so I have a, just a, a leaders up here for, for prayer. And uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and close out in prayer. But if that's you, one of those categories, whether you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you want to come out amongst the trees, if you just feel like you're going through the motions, just go ahead and come up and talk to one of these leaders. Don't be shameful. Listen, don't think about everybody else. Think about yourself. Think about what you need. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to close in prayer. If that's you, just go ahead and come up and pray with one of these leaders. So God, I thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for your presence and your love for us, God. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us into this God that you initiated this Lord that God without you we're nothing without you God we're we're just lost God in distant darkness God but you've called us into light God you've drawn us with your spirit and with your love and God tonight I just pray for every person in here I pray those that don't know you Lord would come to know you fresh tonight God they have surrendered our life to you God and see what it means to walk with you God and to see life from a different perspective of freedom and healing and joy and peace God Lord I pray for those in here who maybe have some hidden sin or some shame in their life God I pray even right now as I'm talking Lord that their hearts pound Father God, the conviction is setting in, God, and God, you're calling out to them, saying, where are you? And I pray they respond to that call, God, that they come out from among the trees, Lord, and come to you, Lord God, and I pray, God, for a fresh start tonight, Lord God, a fresh start as you forgive them of their sins, God, there be no more shame, no more condemnation, Lord, but God, freedom, Father. And finally, God, anybody who's going through the motions, God, 
Lord, that we can find our place in there so many times of being stuck in the motions, just doing what we've always done. God, I pray you break that mindset off, Lord. And I pray tonight we'd feel your love afresh, God. We'd feel your spirit afresh, Lord. And God, we become excited. We become eager, God. Lord, like when we see a good friend or see an old family member or someone who moved away and comes into town and we get excited and we get passionate, God. I pray for a fresh passion tonight for you, God, and for your presence, Lord. I just pray for this desire to rise up in us, Lord God, uh, starting tonight and starting tomorrow and as we go through our life, God, every day, I just pray, Father God, that passion and desire would be there, Lord, not to meet an obligation, not to a requirement, but God, because I know that you want to speak to us, Father, that you want to use us, Father, and I just pray, I pray tonight, God, that there be a fresh passion for you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for tonight. Thank you, God, for this service. And I just pray over every person. I pray again that they'd feel your love. They'd feel your call, God. Lord, I pray you bless them, Lord. I pray you use them mightily in their schools, God, in their families, God. And Lord, I just pray that you would speak to them, God, as they read your word, as they pray, as they worship. I pray you show them things, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.